Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 83 of the Showbound Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Raskin, here alongside San Jose Sharks prospect Ethan Cardwell, coming at you live from San Jose in your hotel room. Is that a Holiday Inn? No, uh, the Hilton. Right. Pretty pretty dialed in. Uh, They treat us well here, but uh, yeah, man, just... uh, just got in i think it's what what it's got to be about six o'clock your time yeah. uh eastern and uh it's it's three o'clock here on the west coast so left the house at four o'clock eastern this morning got to the airport around five airport was smooth sailing with nexus thank goodness um and then yeah I've, plane was on time too which i was it hasn't been that was the first time i've ever gone through pearson on time going to the west coast anyway and yeah it was good uh five and a half hour flight watched a little bit of suits on the way and uh got in here got uh got to the rink and then um unpacked everything and now here at the hotel okay so uh who are you rooming with i'm rooming with dylan hamilick he's a um he's a 2000 out of uh he played in the dub like in his uh what do you call it junior hockey days i guess yeah and uh you see any of your buddies on the flight or anything like that yeah, a bunch of the boys on the flight. Um, and then, yeah, once we got down here, I just got back from Chipotle. Obviously, it's a nice treat when you're in America. It's uh, kind of everywhere you look. So got a nice uh, chicken bowl there, load up on some protein for tomorrow. I went over there with uh, Cozy and Oz and uh, Mitch Russell, a few former guests of the show. So good to catch up with them. And uh, it's just nice to touch down here, kind of get settled and just prepare for this uh, rookie tournament starting on Friday. Yeah, that was my next question. So what's happening for your next couple of days? Like, take us through what the, the next week looks like. Yeah, it's actually, it's going to be pretty hectic tomorrow. I know tomorrow we got to go in, we have to do uh, physicals, and then we have to do off-ice testing, and then on-ice testing, and then a practice. So tomorrow is going to be a pretty grueling day um, when this episode airs live. So wish me luck if, uh, if you're listening to this episode. Uh, but uh no it, it should be good man i mean i'm really excited it, it, it's obviously like the first day you uh you start out of the gates real hot so gotta go give it everything you got early on and try to set the tone for the rest of the camp and then from there on out it kind of just gets us into game routines right because we we play on friday saturday off day sunday with a practice and then a play again monday so i'm assuming thursday will be another like lighter day just kind of like easing up from the day before i know tomorrow's gonna be really hard so and then it's kind of just into that flow of things and then from there after the tournament um we'll find out uh who makes it on a main camp after after the rookie camp and uh we'll know more going into next week and uh see what happens just looking forward to a big week of uh, training and then uh, some games and gonna see a lot of familiar faces at the prospect tournament as well so excited about that yeah and uh all hopefully i they're streaming those games. I, I want to watch that. That would be pretty cool. And then um, is it at your main, like the SAP center, the prospects tournament? No, actually it's at the, uh, the Barracuda new, new ring. Oh, so the new called, r- is that open? Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's called the tech CU center. So it's, it's open. I, I saw it today. It's absolutely beautiful. I went in like, we're, we're getting dressed in the AHL dressing room and everything like that, have all the facilities. So it's second to one, uh, second and none. It's like second a, and one. <laughs> yeah, it's second and one. But uh, no, second and none, and it's it's incredible, man. Like the like as soon as I walked out there, it looks like a it looks like a really well done 
junior arena. And that's, that's what I think the vibe should be in the AHL. Like you're obviously not going to fill out uh, 20,000 people a night in an AHL rink. So I think um, having it like four or 5,000, it's perfect to have a better atmosphere in there, kind of fill the fans in and, and uh, it'll be a great fan experience there, which I think will lead to more people coming out for sure. Because uh, by the looks of it right now, it's it's absolutely incredible. And I hope I hope they are streaming it so that uh, you can get a little sneak peek. And I'll definitely be sending you some pictures back from uh, from this week. Yeah, I want to see some pics. I remember last year in the uh, whatever it was called the the black versus white game that you played in. Um, yeah they showed on the stream like the artist's rendering of the AHL rink before it was built. So I got to see what it looked like from that. And I knew right away, like it was beautiful. So I, yeah, send me some pics. That, that's sweet. Um, now for Brock, like we got a new rink this year and we, that's just- what I, was, I was literally just like when I had just cut out because of my Wi-Fi, I was just saying, I know there's big things going on at Brock. So I want to hear about yeah so we just moved like finished moving into our new dressing room and man it's it's really nice like for for a u sports team like i'd put our facilities up there probably with like any of them i haven't seen like many of them but i know like it's pretty it's pretty dialed like it's pretty high high quality so we have like a, a big dressing room that seats 28 which is our roster size um we got we're, we're gonna put some like stuff up like words and things like the culture kind of an alumni up on the upper walls, like to kind of make it more of our own, but it's really cool. Our coach's room is huge. Um, we got like the trainer's room now, like video rooms. Like we got, we got everything we need. The rink is sick. So it's pretty cool. I can't wait. We have our first preseason game on Sunday and uh, against Windsor. So I'm pumped for the preseason. It should be good. And your preseason in the O is like already over for you. So um, is that right? Like you played all your yeah, man. Like if uh, if I end up going back to the O, it's pretty much right into regular season for me. Um, but yeah, I did did my three games. Very like we've had we've had a bunch of success out there. So the team's shaping up really well, and really excited. Like obviously here with one goal in mind, and it's to stay here. But uh, to have that as a backup plan and have such a good team and a good group of guys there, it's pretty nice to be able to fall back on if that's the case. Yeah. So tell us about your preseason games. Like how, how was it? I know you scored a couple goals, any, like anything on the ice, any chirping battles going on in the preseason or none of that? Uh, not, not too much really. Um, I was kind of just more concerned, just keep my mouth shut, get myself prepared for San Jose's camp, you know, don't do anything stupid out there. Just, uh, mind my business, play my game and try to, uh, try to prepare myself like I said and just just work on the little nuances of the game that I need to carry over to bring here so I felt like I did a good job of that checked all the boxes I wanted to in preseason and like I said the team did real well we haven't had a regulation loss yet so it's uh it's only preseason so you can't read too much into it but uh it was it was good and I I enjoyed it and it was it was nice to see pretty good crowds out in Barry too for the preseason and it's, it's always nice when you can uh play in front of people and uh put on a show for them yeah and and like i said you had some goals and if you keep scoring the way you were into the prospects tournament you're gonna get a contract like if you keep putting the puck in the back of the net we're all gonna be rich (laughs) oh my god man i uh yeah i mean hockey's a weird game right sometimes the pucks go in the back of the net and other times they're hitting posts crossbars you're missing that by a million miles so yeah i was lucky enough to have a few goals and Got to give credit to my teammates too for helping me out in that sense. But uh, 
it's definitely a nice feeling when uh, when you're a hockey player and uh, you see that puck hit the mesh or, or bar in. But uh, no, it's it, it's nice, kind of just as a confidence booster going in. You want you want to make sure your game's sharp, and that's a reflection of it, obviously for for a person who who wants to put up numbers and wants to score goals. So it's good, and I feel like had a good summer. So just trying to translate that into the regular season. Yeah. Now the goalies you're scoring on in the OHL preseason are going to be a lot different than the NHL prospects tournament. Eh? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they will be a little bit different. I mean, can't, uh, uh you know what, honestly, we've played a few good, good goalies though in the preseason. You got to give them credit a little bit as well. Um, I think everybody's rusty and I think you'll see that at the prospect tournament as well. There's so many guys who are, didn't go, like didn't have the opportunity to go to OHL camps or major junior camps or whatever like that and, and they're coming in here and this will be their first games and their first kind of preseason action so I think the first few games will be sloppy and stuff like that so we'll see hopefully uh, the goaltending on the other team is a little bit sloppy or something like yeah. that uh, and the <laughs> Sharks can take advantage of it yeah so I mean well talking about goaltending do you want to tee up our guest for today yeah I mean there's no better segue into this episode but uh, we got uh, Luke Kaplan uh, former Flint Firebirds goaltender. I think he was all OHL second team this year um, as an overager, and he signed a deal recently with the Toronto Marlies of the AHL, obviously affiliates with the Leafs. And uh, he's, a, he's a good player, man. I always remembered hearing about him um, when I was in Saginaw and stuff like that. And he kind of, he, he's like he said, he was kind of struggling finding his way in the early years there. And then uh, he kind of came into the player that he is later on in his career, as we'll hear about in a little bit. Yeah, he's been trending upwards massively over the last couple of seasons. So I'm I'm pumped to see him on the Marlies. And before we send to that, a couple more things. One, I just wanted to get your thoughts on the Nick Suzuki being captain of Montreal. Like obviously a young captain guy who recently played in the O. Like, um, what are your thoughts on that? And some backlash that he doesn't speak French, by the way. Really? I didn't know about the backlash at all, but I think I think it's incredible for him. Obviously, his brother Ryan on the show a few times and stuff like that so i was fortunate enough to play against nick himself when he was on guelph and he's a hell of a player man um I, I don't know how much he talks in the dressing room or he's like an outgoing leader i think he's more of less just i'm gonna show you how to do it on the ice i'm gonna be a pro on and off the ice and just lead by example and i think he's done a great job of that and that's obviously why he was the captain in owen sound in the ohl and i think for montreal it's it's a great pick. Like he, he's going to be their captain for probably what, like 12, 13 years now. He's on yeah. an eight year deal, and, and that probably won't be the end for him since he's the captain. And you know what? It's, it's a lot of trust they have in him. So obviously he's doing a lot of great things to earn that. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's a good one. I mean, when I think about their roster, they don't have like a lot of older veteran presence now, like with their shift in this, in this rebuild. Um, and it made me think too, like there's a lot, there's a trend of young captains now, like Brady Kachuk kind of started it. Um, he sure. Yeah, he sure. Now we got Suzuki, like McDavid. Um, there's there's a lot of uh, younger ones. Michael in Buffalo was. Yeah, yeah. Who's who's the captain of, of uh, Calgary? Well, it was Giordano. I don't think they had one last year. Okay, that, yeah, that's what I was thinking. So maybe, I mean, I don't even know who it would be. I have no clue. I don't know who their A's are, but uh, oh, maybe yeah. maybe Huberdo. 
Uh, yeah, he, I, I think Huberto would get an A. Um, I feel like they would give it to somebody who's been there like a long, longer. Like I don't even know. I'm trying to think of like. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. Like that's what I would do. But then you look at, like Tavares when he came to the Leafs got the C and he he hadn't been there. Like yeah, the only thing is he had worn a C before, so that's that's the argument I guess you could have on both sides. Like Tavares was coming over, he was the older guy. He would think they were bringing him in for a leadership role and stuff like that. So, but I don't know. It, it definitely. Uh, where do you pull Calgary from though? <laughs> well, I was just thinking like because I was thinking young guys like teams without a captain. I originally thought Matthew Kachuk like potentially after I said uh, Brady, and then obviously he's not there anymore. But so that's why I started thinking about Calgary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And actually, another one who's like he's older now, but Landeskog, he was the youngest captain in NHL history, I think, for a little while there, and it was it was so unseen before for that to happen and now obviously we're seeing it pop up uh, more and more often and it's good and it gives a testament to these young guys they're not coming in and they're not scared anymore they're taking their leadership role and they're being themselves and they're taking control of the team at a young age which is which is incredible to see yeah there's definitely a, a trend there and i guess it's also an incentive for keeping guys longer i mean think about it like in in buffalo like Eichel might not get to see if they don't like it, it was a way to try to keep him, you know, similarly with like Kachuk in Ottawa, like who knows if he wants to stay, if he's not the captain. And I, I'm, I don't know if that's true or not. I'm just like using it as an example, but um, it's an incentive to keep guys long-term. Like you say, you'll be the captain sign an eight year deal type of thing. Yeah, exactly. And it's uh, it gives the guys a lot of, it puts a lot of respect on their, names obviously and, and guys take pride in that i know as a hockey player and you played the game as well like if if you're lucky enough to be a part of a leadership group you feel like you're you're wanted and you, you feel respected by the coaching staff and the players and you feel like you have a different role to take on to you're responsible for a lot more players than just yourself at that point and it's it's more or less about the team than it is about yourself and i think it adds a different aspect to the game that a lot of guys enjoy yeah, and I haven't mentioned this in like two years, but we, for those early listeners, we know I was the captain in minor hockey like every single year. So just I was I was the man. I basically ran the team every year. But um, I I want to send it to the interview before we do. We got a great message from Manscaped, and as we know from the Cowboys' painful loss, football is back, baby. We're back to seeing Mahomes sling beautiful balls all over the field. And your friends at Manscaped are here to help you sling your beautiful balls all season long. With Manscaped's state-of-the-art tech, we'll have your weapon looking more loaded than the AFC West. Football may be rough, but your ball care doesn't have to be with Manscaped. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code SHOWBOUND. Meet the best valued bundle yet for the Manscaped's pocket rockets, the Platinum Package. At QB, the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, a wily vet who makes sure the unit is running smooth and scoring nonstop. With proprietary advanced skin safe technology, the Lawnmower limits mistakes and protects the ball. Plus, it's waterproof, so the weather conditions are no issue. At running back, the Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, built to bust through all the right holes. A hairless nostril just helps it keep a nose for the end zone. On the offensive line, we have our unsung heroes, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner, the Trent Williams and Corey Lindsley of Sack Protection, standing strong to keep your boys fresh and clean through all four quarters. 
at wide out the cleanest duo in the league the ultra premium body wash and ultra premium two-in-one shampoo and conditioner with their rugged scent they attract both the ball and all the ladies in the crowd plus these two leave your skin and scalp feeling more hydrated and that means more plays on the field and less water breaks at tight end the product that makes your end look tight manscapes anti-chafing boxer briefs a dedicated jewel pouch to increase ball handling and a cool steady vibe thanks to their moisture wicking fabric on defense there's only one thing you need the aluminum free ultra premium deodorant with refined cologne quality fragrance it keeps sweat and locker room scents from making any ground plus it dries clear so the opponent won't even know what hit him to top it all off we throw in the best coach in the league the shed travel bag as a free bonus Built to hold the team together, this travel size bag has a fumble-resistant zipper. This has got to be a Super Bowl-winning roster, but don't take my word for it. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping with the code SHOWBOUND. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code SHOWBOUND. Manscaped, for turning your player into an MVP. Oh. Now I I feel like that took me a long time to read, but it was that was a funny one, eh? Like that's a Manscaped's always getting it right. Like you got to give their marketing team a lot of credit for like the people who are crafty enough to kind of think of these things and like think they've been doing this for so long and the amount of ad reads that they've had to like come up with and stuff and they never get old and I don't think they ever cease to not make people laugh. Like I think everybody that I talk to and they're like. Oh yeah, I listened to the podcast last week and I just couldn't keep it together when Rask was reading that Manscaped ad. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's crazy, man. They do a great job of that. Yeah, we gotta get you to do a, a read again. You remember remember the last one you did and you were like Oh yeah. I, I need to uh talk to their coach about getting a fumble resistant zipper for my mouth when I'm trying <laughs> to read that because I was just fumble effing words all over the place when I was trying to do that. Yeah. Anyway um yeah we'll send it into the interview now so hope you guys enjoy it we are pleased to be joined now by luke cavillan Cavs, how's it going man good guys how's it going thanks for having me on good yeah we're we're happy to have you on and i'm a marley's fan myself so uh i'm excited to to have you on the show but uh the prospects tournament is coming up and uh i guess you're you're flying out tomorrow is that right yeah so my flight's at 12 tomorrow so i've just been packing all day pretty much here and um i think i get to toronto tomorrow and then the very next day we're practicing and driving down to to traverse city there so um it's going to be a quick turnaround and um i think the next month or so is going to be pretty hectic but uh, i'm looking forward to it and yeah it's i think it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah i mean where where the maple leaf and uh, i'm curious growing up who was your favorite nhl team um honestly i really didn't have a favorite nhl team like uh, i think i was just a fan of hockey like i didn't have a favorite player either um just enjoyed all the teams like obviously i'm from ottawa but um i don't think that was biased at all so um yeah i was just a fan of the sport and um any good teams i liked watching so yeah i didn't have a favorite though oh that's so interesting man so no like goalies you um like i guess no favorite goalies or goalies you looked up to or anything like that yeah i think as a kid like when i was younger i think it was ryan miller um for a couple years there and then um as i grew older and started like playing more as a goalie um i think it was just like a fan of watching all the top goalies and just picking apart all of their game um there's no 
specific favorite and like whoever was hot and obviously the favorites are like price and and uh carter harry now and like all those guys so i was just like watching whoever i could yeah just enjoy okay. everyone interesting and uh I'm curious too, like heading into your first full pro season, all that um, first AHL season, what kinds of things have you done in the off season to prepare yourself for it? Uh, well, it was actually really awesome that I got to be training in Toronto with, with the organization, the way they, the way they operate there is, is unreal. So um, they've taken care of most of my off season training. Um, I've gotten to get another ice with most of the guys and the staff um, and then development there was good also. So, um, just doing that training kind of like you dip your toes in a little bit and you see what it's all about. So just getting to do that, I think was really huge for me and uh, you kind of acclimatize to it. So um, I think that was awesome. And yeah, their facilities are really good. So I got treated pretty well this summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Cavs, you uh, obviously goalies, like it, it's a different story for everyone. So just curious, like how, how old were you when you started playing goalie and like what made you want to be a tender? Yeah, well, I think I was, a forward until I was about nine or 10. And then uh, I decided I wanted to switch over. Like I was talking to my dad about it, but he was a goalie growing up as well. And he played pro goalie in Europe. So um, that's why I was born in England and my brother was born in Germany. Like we kind of grew up in that environment. So um, just being exposed to it and seeing him as a goalie as well, like he's been a huge help for me. So um, yeah, I don't want to say he's the total reason. I think I'd like to say I had it in me also, but definitely that was an influencing factor. Yeah, for sure. And obviously, I think it worked out pretty well in your favor and uh, kind of starting up the ranks. You were a second round pick of the Flint Firebirds back in 2017, I believe. Yeah. 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 And uh, so what age did you kind of figure like, OK, I'm pretty good at this goalie thing. Maybe I can make a career out of it. Or uh, or did you realize like, yeah, like I'm like, it's it's not more like more about having fun. It's it's serious now. Well, I think honestly, since a kid I've been pretty serious like I'm uh I think the guys that know me I'm a pretty serious guy and um I've always like been real into hockey even when I was like way younger so I think it was always a dream of mine to play pro and I think my eyes were like as any kid was like my eyes are set on the NHL and, um so I've always been going after that and I think uh it's just been more of a process for me it's been a different developmental route for me and uh yeah I think the goal remains the same but it's just been um yeah kind of the whole time where I've been hoping to do that okay mm-hmm. now uh I want to talk about playing in Flint and all that and on that topic I forgot to mention it off the hop but I got to shout out Ethan Keppen for setting up this interview he made it happen so shout out to Kep who's a alumni of the show but uh so you you came in as a 16 year old goalie to the OHL which is rare as it is but then you also played half the season which for a goalie is a lot, like 31 games I noted down here. So how was the adjustment to that level at that age? Um, yeah, it was definitely a big jump, I think. Um, coming into the league as a 16-year-old, I think, is tough in itself. And then um, I know my first couple of years in Flint, like we struggled as a team and as myself. Like I think my second year, I had five goals against average. So um, I'd say it was definitely something to get adjusted to. And um yeah it was definitely some t- tough times as you mentioned Ethan Keppen like we were drafted together so uh we kind of came up together through the ranks and we played all five years together um so he's a guy that would really understand it and see all the highs and lows that we went through together but um I think overall like I'm I've been blessed kind of how it worked out um I know it was pretty tough but um wouldn't change it like it, I think it worked out pretty well 
Yeah. And, and kind of on that note off the ice as well, like Flint as an organization was getting better from the time you came into where it is now. Like there's it's no secret, like it might not have been the best spot at the beginning and, but it, it's turned into an amazing destination. So like, how was it in your first year compared to your last year, seeing the difference on and off the ice? Like I guess team success and as an organization. Yeah, for sure. Um, they are really young organization. Organization. I know. I don't know exactly how old it is, but I think me and Kevin came in when I was just a couple years old. So um, I think there was a figuring out process there, and um, there's been changes throughout that organization the whole time I was there. And I think everyone there has the same goal in mind, and they're just looking to improve the organization. So um, I know it's had some tough times, especially throughout the media and and all they've went through, but I think they're heading in the right direction. And uh, yeah, I know they have some, some success in their future. Yeah, definitely like playing against Flint and like you hear so much going into the OHL about that and stuff and it might be questionable and there's so much problems, but you see guys who play there and you talk to guys day in and day out and they just say it's, it's an awesome place to play. The players love it. They're living in great spots and the, the facilities are second and none there. So obviously, like you just said, it's, it's definitely on the up and up and it's, it's good that it's going that way. But um, so you played a few years there in Flint and then obviously COVID struck and kind of affected us all, but you played in Italy during the canceled season. And we've had a lot of different stories from various teams in Europe and places. So haven't heard about Italy yet though. So tell us a little bit about your decision to go play there. Yeah, I think uh, that just worked out pretty well for me, like the timing and everything. Um, I think it was the beginning of December where I got the call to go over there. And um, obviously my dad had his connections I was, as he played pro there. So, um, yeah, it just worked out awesome. And um, I was super excited as we weren't playing in the OHL that I was actually going to get to go over um, and play some hockey and in, uh, in an amazing destination as well. Like I was in, uh, uh, in the Alps League and it was a team called Ritten. And uh, we, were, we were up in the mountain on top of Bolzano. And, yeah, it was a beautiful little town. Um, and, yeah, it was, it was awesome to play there. Like, it was – the guys were amazing. And you have so many good life experiences there. So, um, honestly, I can't say enough good things about that place. And uh, I've been trying to go back. Um, I've been super busy, so I've, I've been pushing it off. But really hoping to get to go back and, like, see the guys there and get to spend a little bit more time there. Because, um, obviously, while we were playing hockey and through COVID, didn't get to – enjoyed as much as I would have liked to yeah that's pretty sweet so did you find like it was a big adjustment when you lived there and like language barrier and all that or how'd that go um well not as much no because um as I mentioned like my dad played pro so I actually lived in Italy as I was younger and went like went to school there and um I moved to Canada when I think I was like eight years old but um I got to I remember most of my time as as I was younger in Europe so um, it was almost like going back home to like see my roots almost. And uh, it was kind of cool for me to get to experience that again as I was older. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. It's always nice to get your foot in the door over there too. You never know how like careers play out and stuff, but Europe's always a great option. So it's nice to kind of get a head start on that. And how about the playing? Did you did you find a big difference from the OHL to uh, to pro over there overseas? Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty different. Um, I think for starters, they play on, uh, the Olympic ice surface. So, um, just that in itself is a huge, huge adjustment. Um, like I noticed like a lot more perimeter plays and, and like, uh, forwards being able to burn the demon. So that in itself was, was different. And then just playing pro hockey, um, no matter like where it's at, it is a bit of an adjustment where like they're all professionals and, um, they play the game a little bit differently and more patience and more 
um, more reads and more passing. So I think that was a huge help for me. And um, I think it'll help me pay, uh, benefit me going into my first pro year uh, this year. Yeah, for sure. And is there, is there anything like specific that stuck out from Italy or any cool stories that uh, went on when you were there that, uh, that stick out in your mind? Um, nothing specific. I know there's, um, actually one practice that we got to play, like that was outdoors and, um, like you had the view of the uh, mountains in the background. And then, um, it was just cool being outside to play hockey. Um, I know some guys get to experience it, but, uh, like when you're playing on an outdoor rink in in Italy, it's, uh, it's pretty sick there. So I think that was one of my favorite memories there. Yeah, that's That's pretty pretty sweet. Um, I have a question about Italy. Like, I know a lot of people who are now signing in that league and in, in Italy. Um, what do the Italians, like, how do they feel about hockey? Cause it's obviously not known as a hockey country, but how was it for you? And, and like, is it uh like, do they care about it? Like, do they know? And like, how many kids are playing hockey? Like all that stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I'd say it's really underrated um, because um, we didn't get fans there because of COVID, but I know that like from what I've heard and, and what I saw there, like the fans are really amazing and everyone loves hockey. Um, for me, the town was like like a ski village and then um, like more of a hockey town. Um, so, yeah, it was awesome. The, the community around there was really cool. So I think the hockey there, um, I think it's a really good place to play. And I know guys that like don't really know much about it um, tend to stay away from there. But I think if you can experience it, I think it's going to be an awesome experience. Yeah. And probably some good food too, while you're playing, but also um, I'm curious, like you kind of mentioned growing up in Europe and stuff, what are all the countries that you've lived in? Um, well, I started off, I was born in England and then um, moved around a bit. We we're uh, in a couple different cities in England and uh, Ireland, and then uh, went to Germany for a bit. We moved around a few times in Germany and then finished off one year in Italy. Uh, before I got to move to Canada. So um, yeah, I was, before I was eight, I was moved around a bunch of different times. So uh, I know it was a bit of a different childhood than most, but um, some really cool experiences and I still remember most of that. So um, that was pretty cool. Yeah. And were you playing minor hockey out there? Did you wait to come to Canada before you started playing? Yeah, I played a little bit. Um, I don't know like what level or age I was at. I was probably about four years old till I was eight years old. So um, there's still some videos and pictures of me playing out there and as a forward as well. So um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Probably like four years old as a forward ads all over the jerseys at that age. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, going back to Flint and your overage year, like this past hockey season, you came back and dominated, played 56 games as a goalie, which is, I imagine, I don't, would you know, is that that's gotta be the most in the league, right? Um, no, I think there was maybe one other guy. I think Mitchell Weeks played a little bit more. Um, okay. but yeah, it was, it was quite a lot of games. And also I missed six games with COVID and then two games with my suspension. So, um, I missed it like eight games. So I, I was, yeah, I could have played even more, but, um, <laughs> yeah, honestly it was, it was a ton of games. And then I think we played 19 games in the playoffs too. So yeah, yeah it was quite a bit. Yeah, you and you dominate the playoffs too. But also, just side note, I would hate to be this guy's backup goalie. Eh, That's what I was. I was just about to say, whoever the backup is, I actually feel bad. <laughs> we had uh, we had two goalies there, and uh, 
Nathaniel Day and Ian Michelon. They're both awesome guys. And um, so uh, Day was an 05 and Ian was a, um, an 04. And yeah, they kind of rotated. One guy was going to be on the bench and one guy was in the stand. So I think that would have been tough for them. But um, like it was awesome for for me and I think hopefully the three of us as well as we got to like push each other in practice. And um, I think we were a pretty close goalie group. So I think, yeah, that was – that was a good experience. And I think as a, for me as an overage, it made things a lot easier and really helped a lot. So I appreciated that. Yeah. But and there, like so only... when, sorry, Ross, but like when, like when this guy got COVID though, like they, they would have been so fired up <laughs> or like, or the, the <laughs> probably gave it to you, you got the suspension because you pumped a, a player, didn't you? Yeah. That was, that was two games I got for a fight, but then COVID, yeah, it was, it was weird. We're actually playing Saginaw as, as I was walking in the building and, going down doing my usual and just packing my bag because we we're we we're away and then i come into the room and like our assistant coach comes up to me he's like you can't be here i'm like okay like what are you talking about he's like you have covid i'm like okay jokes over like come on and he's like no you're serious like go home right now i'm like oh my god like it was just craziest thing ever and so um yeah it was, it was just a whirlwind and then yeah so i missed i think six games for that so it was unfortunate wow that's a lot man yeah yeah but uh I want to I want to hear about this fight actually. Yeah. Do you want to you want to tell us about this fight? <laughs> yeah, I figured that I figured that was coming, but um, <laughs> it was it was honestly just weird how it happened. Like it was, um, I I remember it pretty clearly. I I know they dumped the puck in or something, and and I just left it in the corner for for my D man James Mayotte. And then I remember he got like hit and he was like laid out a little bit. And then like I think a scrum broke out, and um, I just noticed there was like. I think we were outnumbered and there was like three guys on my captain, um, Brennan Othman. And one guy was just like, like feeding them a little bit. So I was just trying to go in, even it out. And I just tried to pull them off. And um, it, yeah, I don't know how it happened. Like it, but just pulled them off and like, it just got up and it was like, okay, we're going. And it just happened. And it was, it was pretty weird. So I'm like, okay, we're going. And, and I know the boys were chirping me. Cause like in the video, I'm like looking around at the refs and stuff and, <laughs> um i'm like okay let, like let's do it and we just went so um it's a little unique situation but it was pretty funny looking back at it wait so did he get suspended too or did you just soak it all no because- no it was just me i think i like i was looking at the list and it's like i got all these different different penalties it's like um for leaving the crease uh for fighting in the last five minutes for uh instigating like all these different things so i'm seeing it add up i'm like come on man like it was it was pretty pretty tough, but yeah. that's absurd. No, but Rask, you got to show a clip of it. Like the fight was actually sick. I remember watching it. I, it was all over everybody's like Instagram and stuff. People are posting it everywhere. Like goalie, yeah. like, dumb, like dummies, a player in a tilt. So that's pretty sick. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna no, have to post this. It's it's tough though because I know and uh, like Flint would clip it out, but you see at the end like I actually took a spill there and I. I know my girlfriend was chirping me about it and like some of the guys are chirping me that I actually fell at the end. Cause it was like, like he let go and I was just off balance and like, I don't know, but like you see me land on my back. So that's pretty embarrassing, but the fight itself was, it was pretty funny. We have, we have a good editing team as well. So uh, we'll get that. We'll get that clipped out for you. Make make you look yeah, like them for sure. <laughs> yeah. We'll get that one clipped out, but, but even going, going back into the playoff run, like you talked about, it was uh, you guys went to the third round, right? Yeah, we lost in the conference final against Windsor in, in uh, Game 7. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I, I remember yeah. that because that was when I think we had kept on the podcast during that third round. 
or maybe it was the second yeah. round. Were, were, was, were you guys down three one at one point, or no? Uh, no. Oh, they were uh, down. I remember they were down, and everyone was counting you guys out. And I said on the podcast, they're gonna get through the round or something. Like, and and then I looked like a good first. Guy. First round, we were down 3 2 to one sound, and then we won game seven. Yeah. Uh, or no, we were up 3 2. Um, but we won that one in game seven. I think the second round against Sault Ste. Marie, we won it 4 1. And okay. then, yeah, maybe, we were up, we were up 3 2 against Windsor, and then we lost in overtime. Um, and then go and play game seven the next day. Yeah. Okay, it must it might have been the third round that uh, I said that, and you guys ended up losing, and I, I looked like an idiot. But, um, <laughs> You yeah so like you go deep into the playoffs and you you put up a nine two nine save percentage so like when it counts the numbers numbers show it you didn't let the boys down it wasn't on you um, maybe it was on me I curse you guys for saying you're gonna get through it but <laughs> but like tell us about that playoff run and what you learned going through such a long run like that yeah um, honestly that was crazy like looking back at it like it's been such a busy summer that I haven't really had time to reflect on it too much but. I'd like to, cause it was, it was such a special run. Um, cause, uh, for me, I've, me and Kevin, we never played a single playoff game in the OHL. Like we didn't make playoffs the first two years and then third year we were good and we got canceled with COVID and then this my fourth year. So going into my OA year, I didn't play a single, uh, playoff game, but, um, I knew we had a really special group and, um, like you had a good feeling about it. And, um, all the boys were close and it was just a lot of excitement going into playoffs. Um, and I think even first round for me, was pretty tough. Like I know the first game I wasn't great against Owen sound and uh, we ended up going to game seven and I thought it was a really tough series. Like they were good and they really gave us a run for our money. Cause that was, that was tough. And they were, um, they were really good against us, but I think that was a learning experience for us. And then um, I thought we did really well against uh, Sault Ste. Marie in the second round. And then um, I know going into the conference final, I, I feel like everyone, uh, was counting counting us out. I think a lot of people said we were going to get swept by Windsor and um, nobody thought we had a chance. So um, I know that round was pretty tough, but um, yeah, I remember we were up 3-2 um, in the series as we took the game five in Windsor and then at home for game six, we uh, we lost in overtime in the last minute. So I know that was pretty deflating because we had to go back there for game seven and then we ended up losing in game seven. So um that was pretty tough but honestly it was a really special run and I think even though we didn't win it it was like pretty awesome for me and I think I'll remember that for the rest of my life because um yeah it was a lot of fun and it was like a special way for me to go out yeah like uh, like you said like you guys hadn't played any playoff games so like where where's your head at like going into the first game like you emotionally like you guys like you you've been through a lot in Flint like you said kind of you guys watched it come from the ground up so going into that first playoff game, like how much did it mean to you? Yeah, it was, it was huge. I think it was everything. And I, I know a couple of days before we had a meeting as a team and it was, it was pretty emotional. I won't touch into it, but I think it was pretty personal for like a lot of the guys. And um, I think everyone together was, was really well bonded and we were all playing for each other. So I know the whole playoffs meant a lot to everyone. And um, yeah, it was, it was a bit of an adjustment going into the first round. I think it was, I think it was in a test too, um, getting a tough first start. I think it was, I think it was good for us in the long run. Yeah. Obviously Owen sound was a tough team to play against always and going to their barn, a ton of travel for you guys. So uh, I feel like that did you well going through the playoffs, but, uh, obviously like you said, a special run and 
obviously it led to a lot of success for you moving forward and uh, that leads us to the Marlies here where we're at now. And uh, do you, did you have like a lot of offers or what, what made you choose the Marlies? Um, honestly, I don't think it like, I didn't hear anything throughout playoffs. I was just focused on, on the task at hand. So I, I wasn't really talking to my agent about that. And even throughout most of the season as well, that was kind of my mentality where like it was my last year and um, just wanted to play and, and just focus on that. I didn't want to be too distracted and thinking about other things. I was just, um, pretty much just staying in the moment and I wasn't too worried about that um, and then yeah right after the playoffs happened um, it was like a couple of days later that I that I heard what was going on and I think honestly to sign with a team like the Marlies and the Maple Leafs organization is so prestigious so I think it was really like no-brainer for me because um, yeah it was it was just awesome and I was so grateful to have that opportunity and um, I think yeah I'm really happy with that opportunity uh, choice that I made because they've been awesome for me so far and um yeah I'm just really excited and looking forward yeah and like you said you've been working closely with them this summer and everything so what kind of stuff are management telling you that you might need to work on or prepare for this summer going into your first season yeah um I've been working with John Elkin he's the goalie development guy there and uh he's been really good to me so um I think um he's been awesome and uh, he's given me a lot of feedback and we've gotten to work together throughout the summer. So um, I think that's been really good for me in my development. Um, I think Italy has helped me out and learning to play that pro game. Um, I know it was two seasons ago, uh, but I think that will benefit me throughout the year. And then um, just getting adjusted and, and uh, playing the pro game is going to be a big thing. Like obviously they're going to be a lot faster and you have to make those reads quicker. So I think that's going to be a big adjustment, but, um yeah I think I've been prepared for it yeah and obviously like harder shots and stuff like that guys are more accurate and yeah they're they're older they're wiser they know the game a little bit better but uh that's that's how it works and it'll be a it'll be great learning adjustment for you um as I can imagine but who are you most excited to play with on the Marlies this year obviously Clune just retired but uh other than him any any guys notable that you're looking forward to yeah, I, I just know a couple guys. Through, like I played uh, with some guys in the OHL and then um, I don't really know a lot of the guys. I've just met them throughout training in the summer because a lot of guys have been there. So um, I know it's a really good group there and all the guys I've met throughout the summer have been awesome. So um, just looking forward to joining a team again. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll take it into some personality questions now. We'll let the fans get to know who you are. And the first one, we haven't asked this one in a while, but how would your teammates describe you? I don't know. That's a, that's a tough question. I guess it depends who you ask. Um, it, it's like because I was came in as a rookie and then finished off as an older guy. So um, I feel like I've been – I'd say that I'm pretty serious, um, take hockey really seriously. And um, I don't know. I like to have fun as well. So I think I have a good balance about both. But um, I'd say most of the guys would say I'm pretty serious. Okay. Um, if you couldn't be a professional athlete, what career path would you choose? Yeah, I have, I have no idea. There's so many different ways that I could take this one, but um, I think I need to do something that's like physical or else like, I don't know, that's just how I am. So uh, like I talked to my buddies and we, I've asked my buddies this question. We've talked about it, like what we would do if we weren't playing hockey. And um, I know ones that would that have come up, it's like, like you either play another sport, like I played lacrosse growing up or, or something like that, or do boxing or MMA or something, but um, also consider joining like the military 
um, if I wasn't playing hockey and then have my own business. Okay, cool. Smart entrepreneur. Maybe, maybe the business to come after hockey. That's always an option. Um, yeah. Now on another note, do you think artificial intelligence will one day overrun the human race? Yeah, that's, that's a tough question as well. That's like, that's an existential crisis there, but, um, honestly I've had some of those deep thoughts, but, um, yeah, it's tough to say. I think you have to ask Elon Musk about that one. I think he knows best. Yeah. We're, we're trying to get him on here, but he hasn't responded. So we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually speaking of him, if you could have dinner with any currently living person in the world, who would it be? Cause my answer would be Elon Musk. Really? Eh? Yeah. Um, honestly, that is a really tough question. Um, I'm trying to think of all the like celebrities. Cards, um, you think of an answer to you're, you're after. I don't know, man. That's, that's pretty tough. I want to say like, uh, probably Michael Jordan. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was thinking either MJ, but then, uh, tiger for me. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Will's like all for us for me cards. <laughs> yeah i don't know based that answer on like there's so many different ways but like i'd always watch like the different documentaries so uh the jordan one was a huge one for me and i think that's awesome so that's why i based my answer off that yeah, yeah. no it's a good answer man he wants to win so good inspiration from that yeah yeah exactly it's it's so hard to like narrow it down to one person in the whole entire universe because like you could go so many ways with that like you could go business you could go like I don't even know, like just a million different directions, but obviously our yeah. minds are focused on sports. So it's a little biased, but uh, yeah. we'll, we'll go into the, this or that question. So it's real quick here. I give you two options and you pick the one that suits you best. All right. So we'll start with black or white tape, white, play the puck or stay in your net. <laughs> I'm always playing the puck. Uh, I know the D can, can confirm that one. Okay. Cardio or weights. Uh, I'd say cardio. Candy or chocolate? Um, neither. I'm not a sweets guy. If I no. had to pick one, I'd, I'd probably... No, not at all. I don't think I have a sweet tooth, but I'd probably go chocolate. How about like... Are you, what do you like? you like chips or something? Like, are you going to have a snack or are you just going to have like a steak? Um, no, not even. Like, I know a lot of the guys will will testify where like I was pretty strict with my diet and um I know last year like I was full pescatarian and two seasons ago I was I was vegan so um yeah I'm I'm pretty clean eater but um yeah okay so I guess this next question is kind of a write-off but ice cream milkshakes (laughs) (laughs) uh I'll go shake okay night night in or night out night in Cook dinner or order food? Cook dinner. Coffee black or coffee with milk and sugar? Always black. Oh, one of those guys. Yeah, the pregame is always the iced coffee. Okay, I like that. Breakfast for dinner or dinner for breakfast? Let's go breakfast for dinner. Yeah, it's a classic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would do the same. Now, we have a couple fan questions for you before we wrap it up and send you on your way to the Prospects Tournament. But as a goalie, we've heard some weird ones on here. Do you have any, like, pregame routine or superstitions you stick to? Um, yeah, I think if you ask the boys, they'd give you a handful. But for me, it's it's pretty unconscious right now. It's, it's such a habit where I've just been 
been in the routine where I, I don't even realize where I'm doing half the stuff. But I think for me, um, I'm not really superstitious, but I definitely have a routine like full blown where it's like even 24 hours before I'll set like the timer just to get me like I'll literally have like a countdown of 24 hours on my phone and that just kind of gets me in the mood. And then uh, my bedtime routine is the same thing every night, like especially throughout games and um, before games, like I have like a breathing ritual and like some visualization stuff. And then um, at the rank, like you always take your stick the same way and, and get prepared and get worked on by your trainer. And then, um, yeah, I'm doing all sorts of stuff like the dynamic warm up, sort of with the boys. And then, um, what else do I have? Um, I know, like right before we go on the ice, like I'll I'll have like the juggling warm up, and then you guys will see me going. Like it's like a little different eye exercise that gets the eyes going as well. I don't know if everyone picked up on it, but it is a little weird when the coach is talking. Um, and then yeah, I don't know if I have any like super crazy ones, but they're all little ones that just get me prepared. And, um, it's not like where I'm where I'm panicking if I'm not doing it, but I think just the way the game, like the pregame flows and like how the routine is, it it just goes through it and just gets me prepared and um, just tells my body that I'm getting ready to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. And a classic goalie question, but would you or your teammates consider you to be a normal guy? Honestly, yeah, I'd like to think so. Um, <laughs> I, I know guys have said that where they're like, um like i'm not super goalie weird i know it's like a lot of goalies like the the super uh, um a lot of guys will say that goalies are really weird generally um i don't think so but i don't know if guys just aren't telling me (laughs) that's usually how it goes they probably won't say anything but um okay this one was an interesting one someone sent in today uh how do you stay confident during cold streaks or even like after you lose game one to Owen sound like how do you control your mindset yeah um I think you go back to like your routines like you're always like doing everything the same and your focus is always the same way so um like that's why I don't think it's a superstition because if I don't do it like I don't think I'm gonna play well even if like I don't play well. I'm still going back to the same habits and getting ready the same way. So it's, it's not like I need that to play well. It's just something that gets me ready. So um, obviously you break down the game and go over your mistakes and visualize how you want to play. But I, I think you still go back to your same habits and go through the same routine and you're, you know, that you've gotten to where you are for a reason. You're just continuing what you're doing. Like if you have a bad game or if you have a couple bad games, it's not going to be the end of the world. Like, you know, you're going to have to, be able to get through it and um yeah you just go back to your routines i feel like yeah no that makes sense and that answer kind of holds true to skaters as well but um last one kepin wants you to talk about the chocolate protein shake story on the bus <laughs> after the guelph game yeah so um that's why i was kind of laughing when the boys like you ask what the boys would describe you as but um yeah um that was kind of a funny one i know after the Guelph game, I think we won in overtime or something. We, we like came back, but it was, it was a big win and the boys were kind of fired up and I get pretty amped up after wins. And like, um, I love winning and like being on the bus with the boys, but, um, you know how we always do like, I know cards, you can attest to where like you do like the stop the bus, like we forgot the two points or whatever, but, um, like the, the older guys will always throw stuff forward and whatever. And like the younger guys are chirping and, it's like a, a riot on the bus and like the way I have it, like I'm 
I was in the very back seat. Well, especially like the second half of the year and have like my bed set up and everything like back there on the floor. But um, after the game, like they do the stop the bus and we get these like protein shakes that have the little cartons or whatever. Um, I don't, I don't want to say who started it. I think it was probably me who started it, but um, you're, you're throwing stuff off at the rookies. And um, I knew I throw, threw a protein shake and um, won't name names or anything, but uh, Drew threw one back at me and like kind of ducked and he, he like whipped it. So I ducked out of the way and fell on the floor and I was just fired up. So I just grabbed it and threw it forward. And it was hard, man. And um, Drew ducked and I know it hit, hit day right in the face and I watch it happen I'm like oh my god because it exploded on his face and it (laughs) like it was a chocolate protein shake the way it exploded it went everywhere it was like a bomb went off and like everyone within like three seats radius was like completely soaked I don't know how it got all over everyone because it was a tiny protein shake but uh sweaters were ruined I know like Otter's shoes were like murked and they're they're all freaking out so um it was probably like it was a pretty quiet bus right after that like I felt pretty <laughs> bad so I had to go up and apologize but um I think after it was all over I know everyone's stuff came clean so I think I'm hoping that guys can go back and laugh at that but uh yeah I know that was a pretty funny one that's hilarious man oh my god I mean, that's if, if you're if you're gonna win them as many games as you did this year, it's only fair that like, you can you can. Roll <laughs> it's an awesome game, right? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, yeah. No, it was heat of the moment, but yeah, I, was, I thought it was pretty funny and still like there's so many memories like that. Like I know, like you, I'm sure you can attest where it's like on the bus is just an awesome time and getting to share that with the boys. Like I think that's something I'll miss the most is just being being with the guys on the bus and and sharing those fun times. Yeah, well, n- now you're on the on the plane with the boys, so a little step up. But uh, yeah, we'll definitely b- won't be throwing any protein shakes on there. <laughs> hit the pilot in the back of the head. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean that that's all we got. I I, I want to thank you for taking the time. Like it, it's super awesome having you on. I'm pumped to see you on the Marlies. Like I'll definitely be at some games. Maybe I'll be hitting you up for some tickets too. Um, but uh, yeah, just thanks for taking the time. I'll flip it to to cards to kind of say say his words as well. Yeah, obviously really appreciated you as a player over the years playing against you and stuff. And uh, super excited to see you in the A this year and see how you progress. And yeah, like I said, like Rask said, sorry. Uh, just awesome that uh, you took the time tonight and all the best here at camp. No, for sure. Really appreciate it, guys. And awesome talking to you guys and wish you guys both the best and hopefully keep up. All right. want to thank Kaz for that one. Good interview and, and always good to get goalies on and hear their side of the game. And uh, I thought it was a great one. Yeah, obviously a little bit of a different perspective coming from uh, from a goaltender for sure. And, you know, they have their they have their routines and stuff. And I feel like goalies take that stuff a lot more seriously than players or like just like follow a stricter regimen and stuff like that in, in terms of like they need to do this and this and this before games. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely interesting to hear that and uh, wishing him all the best this season. But, yeah, man, like it's it's only 3.15 here right now. And I can barely keep my eyes awake from this travel day. Like I'm in one right now in terms of like how tired I am. I can only imagine and taking, I have to be up at six 30 tomorrow for the buses. So, uh, what time do you think I should get to bed? Like, honestly, well, you want to, you want to stay up like, a, I, I'd say like 10 o'clock, 
you want to make it oh, too late too because late. It, you don't want to go to bed too early and then wake up too early and then still be on a different time zone i feel like though i feel like if i go to bed at like nine so nine that's like midnight at home yeah so then i would sleep until six there i'll sleep till six which would be nine so it would be basically like sleeping midnight to nine which isn't a bad sleep yeah well when i say 10 that gives you the the eight hours that's that's how i calculated it yeah i'm not a huge i need at least nine or ten hours i'm always like an hour guy okay go then get to 9 p.m your time and and you're golden yeah that's that's this is gonna be a battle though from three till nine especially with the fact i just ate chipper like i'm absolutely stuffed to the brim and you know that just makes you even more tired so i'm literally <laughs> sit here i'm gonna look at my tv i might even have i might have to stretch I-, I gotta keep myself occupied here or else i'm gonna fall asleep and then i'm gonna screw up the whole schedule so i gotta grind out these last six hours to make it but what's yeah, uh awesome. when, when's your guys first game first regular season yeah i think it's october 14th or 16th like right right around mid-october okay actually i meant to ask too how are the ice dogs looking they look okay i mean it's hard to tell in the preseason um because you know some of the like there's guys at camps there's guys who maybe are still trying out the lines aren't worked out so there's a lot even just having a new coach um who hasn't coached in the ohl yet he's got to figure out like managing the bench so i think the preseason is just going to be like a lot of learning for them so it's hard to to tell but uh they should look okay. I mean, they got some good players and, and good attendees. So um, I think they're going to be good. But like in the preseason, like the last game I just went to against Erie, um, it was like a back and forth game. And then 11 seconds left or 10 seconds, Erie won the game. And the third, it was like pretty dramatic finish for a preseason game. So um, they're, they're competitive for sure. Actually, I don't know if you saw the box score the other night from like our game against uh, Kitchener, but did like, have you heard about like what happened in the third? No, didn't. Dude, it was wild. So we were down 3-1 after two, and we were, like, playing brutal. So then I, I scored to make it 3-2, and then Cholak scored to make it 3-3, and then they scored to make it 4-3. Veerling scored to make it 4-4. They scored to make it 5-4, and then Frasca scored to make it 5-5, and then with, like, a minute left, he scored again, and we won 6-5. And there was, like, well – four and then ended up there was like yeah there was like seven goals in the third period it was nuts yeah wow that must have been a good game to watch man uh, I, didn't, I didn't even hear well, yeah the first two periods were embarrassing like it, we were bad like real bad but uh after that i think we we, we kind of just had to smarten up a little bit but it was it was crazy like for the people that stuck around for the third period uh they got to see like a a nice game there and a nice finish. It was, it was a lot of fun and the crowd was so into it too, which was cool in the preseason. Do you know when you come to play Niagara? No, I haven't, I haven't looked at the schedule at all, really just kind of focused on this first. And then if I'm back there, then I'll kind of dial it in from there. Yeah. 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 Okay. That'll, that'll be good. And then uh, maybe when the ice dogs play Barry, if Brock doesn't play, maybe I can hitch a ride and, and, and go on the road. So um we'll see about that but i gotta see the colts a couple times this year oh yeah for sure come see the boys support support the old the old uh threats yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) um anyway i don't really have uh anything else here you want to take it away 
Yeah, I mean, with that, um, I'm not complaining because apparently in San Jose it only rains eight times a year. So I'm looking at about 25, 26 in sun for uh, for my time here. So I don't know what uh, what that translates to back in Ontario, but uh, wherever cool you listen, <laughs> wherever you're listening in from, just uh, enjoy the week. Um, we're that much closer to the hockey season starting. I know it's coming up very fast. So, and for all those young kids out there, a lot of tryouts going on right now. So, best of luck to all you in that. And uh, everyone just work your hardest, and things will fall where they may. And uh, you get to trust the process. So, with that being said, we'll catch you next time on the podcast.